Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up the bedroom is even better. Whether you're buying a gift for your sugar baby or just for yourself, you can get 50% off at adamandeve.com when you enter the code CANDY at checkout. And that's not all. Adam and Eve will include 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item all partners can enjoy. Plus, you'll receive six free spicy movies. But the best part is the free shipping. You can get all of this at adamandeve.com using code CANDY at checkout. That's C-A-N-D-Y. So Shelby, what are you getting me? Candy Girl Podcast. Fuck me, Daddy. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Candy Girl. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm your co-host, Emily. And today we're talking to Bailey BBW. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so my name is Bailey BBW, spelled like the wrong way. So it's B-A-L. <laughs> and I did that when I first started and I can't change it now. So here we are four years later. <laughs> I live in Tennessee, so I'm pretty deep in the South. I'm 22 years old. I started when I was 18, actually the day I turned 18. (laughs) I signed up for Chatterbait and I made a Snapchat premium and that was it. I was totally in love with it. (laughs) Primarily, I wanted to talk about being a parent and a sex worker because you are a parent, correct? Yes, yeah. I have a three-year-old and my child, I'm going to be using like gender neutral pronouns for my child because privacy reasons and all that I just figured that it would be a lot better that way too yeah absolutely we don't want to disclose any personal information great yeah thank you for understanding so what's your first question so I guess my first question would be what so you got into the industry when you were 18 and you're 22 now so you were a year in before you had your child yes Mm -hmm. so what was that process like being pregnant and being a sex worker? Okay, so, well, to start off with the timeline, I started when I was 18 because I was I was homeless. Both of my parents were addicts, and I was kind of just like, okay, well, I wouldn't use the term homeless, but without, like, a safe stable home I was in between my boyfriend at the time now my husband's house and friends houses and sometimes my grandma's like if she would let me because both of my parents were just really bad in their addiction and I absolutely needed to out of necessity I know I know I thought for a while about being a stripper but I didn't have a car and I lived in the middle of nowhere so (laughs) I used my husband's webcam for gaming and I set it up and I think that my first night I made $200 which was more than an entire paycheck at McDonald's and I didn't have a car so I was at home so I was like oh my god I can live and so my first paycheck from Chatterbait was $800 And it was more money than I had ever made in my life. And (laughs) I was like, I felt so fucking like powerful. I felt like I was on top of the world. But, you know, it also came with 
being very judged from our friends. Some cut us off, like, you know, some completely didn't understand it. And (laughs) that was fine, honestly, because, you know, they didn't understand. They didn't understand. They lived at home with their parents and it was cushy and it was fine. And I didn't have that luxury. So I took the took the criticism and kind of just decided like, let me not tell people anymore. (laughs) Let me just not tell people anymore. Okay. So then I found out that I was pregnant a year in and up until then I had been doing like barely legal stuff. I didn't have a lot of boundaries for what I like. I thought that it had to be what the men asked and I couldn't say no because you know money um you know and then when I got pregnant it kind of changed from being in the like naughty schoolgirl, like barely legal category to more like my body was changing so I was gaining weight and um you know the feederism community welcomed me with open arms and it was so much better for me because I always thought I'm so pretty but I'm fat so there's no way I'm ever you know nobody's gonna like my body Seriously, I thought that everybody liked me for my face and my personality. There was no way this body that I am stuck with could actually be like praised, but it totally was. And then I started doing some like patient fetish stuff and it was super fun. And I kind of just found my way at doing that. And it opened up the door for me to do be a versatile model so I started out doing something completely different that I'm doing now and I realized that sex work can be therapeutic if I set boundaries because for a while it also was like you know my husband didn't want me doing it because sometimes I would be so upset after like for webcamming you have to and I don't mean like you have to have a thick skin of like you have to put up with everything, but you do have to be able to intake that and tell yourself that that's not true. So, because there's a lot of trolls, there's a lot of trolls on you know live streams and stuff like that. So when I set up boundaries and I was able to practice self love, I think that it got a lot better and I I was actually able to apply sex work and use it as a healing thing I'm sorry I totally forgot I went on a ramble (laughs) wonderful no we love hearing like everything you have to say yeah we really try to make this as much of a conversation as possible Mm -hmm. when it's more of a back and forth it just feels more natural for everybody involved yeah and again we want to hear your whole experience like the whole point of the show is to share sex workers stories and this is your story for sure yeah I appreciate you girls so much for giving a platform to us and giving us a voice because you know (laughs) we actually have a lot to say we have a lot to say I'll be honest I most of the time I just feel honored to be like in the presence of the people we interview Oh, you're so precious. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, oh my God, my favorite, or I guess like, I guess my favorite thing that I've learned is just 
I don't know, everybody just really loves what they do and they mm-hmm. love their body and just like hearing about their journey of going through. I feel like everybody goes through some sort of period of like shame or like, should I be doing this? And just hearing people break through that to like just right. love. Phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> That is so precious. Yeah. When I saw that Gwenadora had been in, on here, she's an absolute angel. So I was like, I have to do it. Like, oh my gosh. Just something about a beautiful woman also being so well-spoken. She's great. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We love her. I feel so safe around her. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And then, and yeah, when I, so when I started seeing more of like how versatile she is, I was like, I can do this for a while because I was feeling really, really stuck. She does so many different things and she does them all so well. Oh, sorry, this just turned into me like loving Gwynador. No, it's okay. I honestly can't blame you. I'm still talking yeah. about that interview. It's just. She is so like ethereal and well spoken. I love it. Okay, so um, any other questions? Yeah. So you were talking about like how your body was changing from when you started to when you were pregnant. Was the demand for content evolving as well? A hundred percent. The demand for content was evolving because I had a lot more submissives coming in wanting to, you know, appease to my like lactation fetish. And there was like breeding fetishes, which came in. And a lot of like that is when I learned to say no, because you know, if I'm not going to be protective over myself, if I didn't have enough, I won't say respect, but enough, if I didn't have it in me to say no and set up hard boundaries for myself before I was pregnant, I definitely had it now that I was carrying a baby. So that's when I really learned hard boundaries and that I didn't like being degraded and everything. And I learned more about, you know, that type of you know the different communities that there are and so um yeah I had a lot of like lactation fetish guys and I still do lactation fetish stuff even though I don't I don't have any milk (laughs) because it's just fun it's just a fun like little niche thing I would I would love to talk about the lactation fetish (laughs) I'm very curious I can't say I myself like understand it but I want to because I'm very fascinated with the cute cow fetish and yeah I saw a picture of you dressed as a cow on your twitter correct <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. So i'm gonna be like if i'm thinking of someone else this is gonna be really embarrassing no, no it's me and um get my best friend her name her at is aquarius bbw she is absolutely gorgeous and amazing and i love her and we hooked up to film last weekend and she does a lot of that and i had a custom order for for double cows and i was like this is gonna be amazing so we made a breeding video where i was like the little farm girl like i changed out of the cow costume and i was like a little farm girl like you know bopping around and then all of a sudden I was like it's time to get you pregnant Bessie and she was just mooing it was the most fun I've ever had on a clip oh Yo, my gosh you know, when you were growing up you used to play like imagination where you'd be like an animal and people would change roles it almost seems like that's what it's like it's it's and it yeah it's really fun 
I mean, I consider her to be my best friend. I might be coming on strong and then she's going to listen to this and be like, whoa. <laughs> but, but like, it's really fun working with your friends and especially friends that are so open about their bodies and have had like, have like emotionally evolved and grew up with so much like self-hatred and, you know, watching all these shows where our bodies are just completely, you know, it's like we grow up being told like fat bodies are not good bodies and you're not like, you can't be a good friend if you're fat. That was my mindset. Like you can't be a good friend if you're fat. You can't, nobody will love you if you're fat, all this stuff. And then to be around her and she's also like, I mean, it's a daily struggle to love your body, but she is, she is so great at it. And I'm so proud of her. And then to be able to film with someone and it's just amazing. It's very cathartic. It's there. It's very cathartic to film with other fat women who don't give a fuck. It's liberating as hell. She's amazing. I love it. But, um, yeah, it was really, really fun because I really didn't know much about it. Cause like I, what I do is been doing more like just gaining stuff and feederism stuff and then working out and stuff like that. So she is in more of the cow stuff like Gwen is. And so she's teaching me more about the fetish and like why the men like it or, you know, whoever. It's not just men. It's whoever's consuming the content is into it. And I was like, damn, that's kind of hot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah it's pretty fun it's pretty fun those are the kind of clips that I really enjoy making you know when I kind of going back along the lactation um I do want to get back to the things that you specialize in but like I feel like so I've always said oh yeah if you have it's like a thing like men will pay women's lots of money to see them lactate some women Mm -hmm. even take pills or, you know, change their diets or their routine up all completely to lactate. So, you know, if you got pregnant and started lactating when you had a baby, you could make money selling videos of that. Mm-hmm. And all my friends were like, Emily, how the fuck do you know these things? <laughs> but, like, this is the first time. I mean, obviously you didn't get pregnant in order to lactate. Right. right. But, no. But, like, you did capitalize on that. And I think that's so powerful almost (laughs) how how did that feel I I guess I don't know like what were your opinions on that uh it felt amazing I really didn't know that it was a fetish and and even furthermore I was not even around any pregnant women ever like in my life like I guess my mom obviously my mom was like pregnant but I don't remember it so literally I was like experiencing like I was learning as I was doing you know porn and so I started lactating and before I like not when I was like nine months pregnant like I started lactating and I was like oh my god I can make so much money off this of course as like a new parent you're exhausted so I kind of made like three lactation clips and then I was like okay time to nap and (laughs) and I think that it was a lot more what's the word like that's when I started making clips so I started earning like passive income which was really really helpful and that's when I kind of got more into clip making instead of being on camera because I stepped back after I gave birth for a few months just to you know do the mom thing and everything (laughs) I had a traumatic 
September, so I had to take a little bit off. But <laughs> I feel like every time I take a little mini hiatus, my fans are like, oh, my God, I miss you so much. Let me shower you in tips, queen. So <laughs> that in that. itself is worth it. <laughs> yeah, so I guess talking more about what you specialize in now in your fan base, that's so fucking cool, first of all. <laughs> Oh, thank you. You're so cute. You, you're both so cute. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we're constantly on this podcast like we are not worthy. <laughs> like the, the amount of money, realistically, the amount of money that men would pay to like just sit here and talk to all the wonderful people. Oh, it's true. It's true. Like sometimes we'll like interview people and then I'll like see their rates later and I'm like, holy. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no, I should have been paying six dollars a minute for this. Oh, no. I was like, how did I not know? <laughs> right, right. And I feel like when you make a name for yourself more, your time is a lot more valuable. And so when I came back this time, I kind of got a Twitter, and that's when I started growing my OnlyFans and meeting like Clint from Plumper Pass and Eliza Lort, which is the first time that I had a friend who was also a mom and doing what I'm doing. And so before I met her, I actually had a ton of guilt. Like, okay, how am I supposed to be a mom and then do this? And growing up in the South, it's like I'm setting a bad example for my kids. I'm not religious, but it's pounded into you to basically hate yourself if you are a sex worker and that it's wrong and that it's dirty. And so she set such an amazing example for all of us that I kind of was able to let go of some of that. And she definitely, definitely showed me the way of compartmentalization. (laughs) Being a mom from the South, how did you deal with the stigma being a sex worker in the South with a child? So luckily, I'm able to have a really supportive family who is open for the location that we're in. And I have a lot of family support with babysitting, especially because of COVID. So um, it hasn't been horrible. Also, because I, I don't tell anybody, like I do not tell anybody anymore. So I kind of live a a double life, especially when it comes to compartmentalization. I feel like out in Vegas, it's pretty normal to be an adult entertainer. There's still a stigma there. I hope there's not always a stigma, but it takes a while for people to unlearn these things. So you can be like, I'm an adult performer and landlords will rent to you because they know that they'll take your pay stubs and everything and see. With me, I, I don't have that option. So I have to have a covered job and that's really hard. <laughs> It's really hard being like, oh, like I work for XYZ and then nobody understands like what you do for a job. And I know a couple of girls who have broken up with their significant others and the parents of their children. And actually it has been used against them in court that they do sex work, whether it be something as small as Snapchat premium, it is used against them. That's just so shitty. It's so shitty. I feel like when you're at that point, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm rolling in dough. Everything's super secure. Let me just make a Snapchat premium. Even 
Like if, if there was a divorce and the husband was an entrepreneur, they wouldn't be like, oh, well, he has an unstable income. Like, you don't know because I'm an entrepreneur. Like you never know what's going to happen. You know? but suddenly when it's a woman and she's a sex worker, it's like, oh, she's unreliable. Or, well, she's a prostitute. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. It's like, oh, she's a party girl because that's the stigma against us as sex workers. We cannot be nurturing parents and emotionally mature enough to handle raising a child and also you know because we're objectified as sex workers it's like we can't do both right so they have I think that my customers definitely have this image that I'm just like because I don't really talk about being a parent you know it's none of their business that I'm like this mm, 23 year old party girl and that's what you think that's what you think and you have to unlearn it about cam girls and then you see only fans a day in the life and and they're like eating sushi and going to the gym but mine is and especially when my child was younger it was like okay do the mom thing all day make a bottle <laughs> i'm exhausted bags under my eyes time to make money <laughs> and <laughs> it's not glamorous sometimes it's life <laughs> Yeah, I also wanted to ask about how you schedule out doing content while doing childcare as well. Right. Okay. So I'm really lucky in the sense that I'm able to completely compartmentalize my, the most that I'll do when my child is home and asleep is like take a couple pictures for Snapchat or OnlyFans or whatever when my child's like in bed asleep. But when my child is gone, it's every weekend. So I'm working basically the entire 48 hours of the weekend and just really pushing myself to pump out as much content. And if I have 10 custom video orders that week, then that means that I'm doing 10 videos in 48 hours to get them pumped out. And <laughs> and it can get a little bit hectic, but that's how I like to do it because I just like to keep the two separate. That's just my, it's my preference and I'm privileged to be able to have that for sure. And have the childcare, especially since the pandemic. So when you started sex work, were you still dating your husband or did you start dating him after? No, we've been together since we were 15. So I was already dating him. And when we started dating, he definitely had the stigma of, <laughs> you know, oh, you're, it wasn't only, I don't think OnlyFans was huge then, but now it's like, oh, your girl does OnlyFans, you're a simp. It was kind of like that back then, but it was like with the Snapchat premium girls, especially back in the day. But it's gotten a lot better now. Like all of his friends' girlfriends have OnlyFans and I try to promote them as much as possible. We're just out here making money, to be honest. I love that. It's like a sorority. <laughs> it's evolved. Except you make a lot of money instead of the other way around. And when I first started, I told my friend at the time, no hate to her, because I know she might listen to this. Hey, girl. But I told my friend at the time before I told my husband because you know we were immature as hell and I was like listen I gotta make money I'm not doing well everything is shitty right now I've gotta do something I can't be a stripper because I don't have a car I need to make a chatterbait and first of all she was like well, let's chatterbait and I'm like 
let me show you. And I was like, but I'm not going to tell him yet. And she went to him and she was like, I'm coming at you because I think this is cheating, blah, blah, blah. And this was after I already came out and told him because I just felt so guilty about it. And he messaged her back and he was like, I already knew. (laughs) I do not care. So I think that he was on the fence about it just because of him not understanding what it was, us being so young and being stigmatized. And then I was like doing things and he was kind of like, he was like in the background watching me and he's just like looking at me like, what are you doing? Oh my God. Kind of like message texting me. And I'm like, just give me a second. So I was on there for four hours and then I log off and he's like, well, how was it? Like I was scared for you. And I was like, I made $200. <laughs> and he was like, holy shit. So, like, it was, <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so not well-spoken, but I feel like I'm just talking to my friends. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the point. We're at a slumber party. I feel like yeah. I'm my friends. You're so. I don't know why I'm like this. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So, so, so yeah. After that, like he was pretty accepting of it, just as long as I was being safe with my body and taking breaks and everything. Of course, I think that for the first year that I was doing camming, I worked like a horse. Like I was on there for twelve hours and every night, like just racking it up and (laughs) you know I wasn't saving it I was buying stupid shit like big tattoos and you know I was buying groceries and stuff but it was like big tattoos and his gaming pc and just anything we wanted just being (laughs) dum-dums and um but it was like very um (laughs) it was very odd I don't I think that uh his his family was really accepting of it. They're very sex positive and my family not so much. <laughs> but they were like, There's nothing that we can do. You're an adult <laughs> But his family was I was living with them, so I'd come out to the living room, you know, after my night when I get off at like twelve and I'd be, and they'd be like, So how was it? And I would be like, I made three hundred dollars tonight eating hot pockets, everybody. <laughs> we're just out here and they'd be like, How and they're still super duper accepting of it and I'm super appreciative for that 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 my husband grew up in such a sex positive household that he's able to be cool as fuck (laughs) and support me so much that's amazing I want that kind of relationship with my boyfriend Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. when my last boyfriend and I broke up, I retweeted something about dating sex workers and he sent it back to me. And he was like, this is cheating. And then he quoted <gasps> it and tagged me in the post and he's like, this is cheating at Shelby. And I was like, well, you, we're not even together anymore. Like, will you calm down? Excuse me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my, my husband and I, I think we pretty much just consider ourselves like non-monogamous, just like do what you feel like you need to be doing. Just be open and honest about it. So, you know, because I am a sex worker, it's like, you know, we're, we're very, very, very open about it. We, we keep it a secret unless to our very close friends and, you know, 
people like Aquarius BBW, who's like my best friend. <laughs> so we're able to kind of like share stories and all of that. But that's also how our relationship has evolved over time from being super monogamous and him and I, you know, growing up thinking like you have to keep your significant other on lock like if they message so and so or they like this and this like if they like a girl's picture they're cheating <laughs> like that type of thing so not what we believe and not what we stand by and yeah no I don't think that sex work is cheating at all like me like most other sex workers we are exhibitionists we get off to other people getting off on us and it's amazing <laughs> And I will not apologize for liking that ever. Snaps. Yes. Snaps. Yes. <laughs> you think being a sex worker has only, because y'all been dating since y'all were 15, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think becoming a sex worker has tightened your relationship or, you know, spiced it up a little bit? Um, It, it definitely has. I think that you know, we have to, and this is the conversation that we just had earlier, like, nobody is perfect, and I kind of think since that I make content, he kind of, I didn't know that a couple of my friends, my friends' boyfriends call me Bailey, so I was talking, like, by my, like, sex work name, and so I was talking to him earlier, and I was like, you know, obviously, I know that you you know, enjoy, we'll just say, and personally enjoy my content. And do you ever, do you see like me, your wife, or do you see the the character that I'm playing, Bailey? And he was like, damn, like, I'm so sorry. I feel like I've made you like objectified by viewing you as Bailey. And I was like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm still your wife. And so that's like a conversation that I didn't even think about before I asked that. Yeah, it's kind of, we've explored new fetishes and it does keep things spicy to be on camera. And I think that his big thing that he really likes is like that all these guys see me and they quote simp for me. <laughs> and But he's the only one who really like gets to not just touch me, but like bear my soul, so to speak, to be cheesy as hell. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like this man objectifies you as his wife, but that's just such an interesting conversation I would have never thought of. Yeah, it's never, yeah. Like apologizing. Like one part of me just wants to say, like, I feel like, you know, you're married. Like it's okay to objectify you when right. you're doing that. Not that it's okay to always objectify women, just like in that instance. Right. I think that he was just being introspective in that moment. And, you know, his personal relationship with being a male male feminist has, you know, came so far. And he's just constantly like, so proud of him but like asking himself questions like like is this like okay that I'm me like all these other men basically that when I see her on this I'm seeing her as a like very performative sex worker and not as my wife and I was like honey it's okay (laughs) it is I don't don't think either of y'all want you to go on that camera as his wife like Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I feel you are, but like I'm like, babe, it's okay. You that's not like don't apologize. But you know, being a straight guy and around sex workers all the time, he's just trying to make sure that he's a hundred percent respectful of our boundaries and and our feelings and everything. So I think that that's where it was coming from. For sure. That's just absurd to me. Sorry. It's trash men date bad men. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I was just shook that your husband is a man and also capable of like self-reflection. Shelby, it's not <laughs> so we stop stop praising literally what's supposed to be the bare minimum. I'm not praising the bare minimum. So I'm like, wow, they're real. <laughs> the absolute bare minimum. How how old are y'all? We're both 22. Okay, okay. I'm 22. Yeah, I'm also right right now. Like, I understand. (laughs) Men are the worst. I'm I'm also in a very healthy relationship. I I would consider Zach to be a male feminine. I would consider that. Yeah, he, he like, has a lot of self He's supported with me on this podcast, even though... I talk about our sex life. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. My husband's, like, very reserved when it comes to our personal sex life. But, like, <laughs> I get it completely. I'm glad that your boyfriend is supportive. Shout out to Zach for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll literally be listening and sometimes we'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'll text Shelby to take it out. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, no, it's it's fine. <laughs> you won't even be upset. It's just me, like, like, oh my god, it's so hard not to talk about when, like, you're actively being supported by the people around you. Right, 100%. Now, I'm a serial oversharer, so I understand com- completely. <laughs> and I'll be like, well, I'm a Gemini, so I'm, like, over here telling a story, living my best life. And he, I'm, like, mid-sentence, and I look over at him, and he's giving me the face, like, uh-uh, stop. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. so do you think you'll ever end up telling your child that you were a sex worker or do you think that you'll still be a sex worker by the time they're able to understand honestly at this point if I'm as long as I'm able to build my platform more I don't see myself stopping I think that this is just the beginning for my career so it has the potential to be long-lived And I think that I will end up telling my child eventually. I thought about that. And yeah, I think that I will end up telling my child eventually. I just don't ever, ever want to involve a child in an adult conversation when they're not emotionally mature enough or ready to have it. I never want to give my child, first and foremost, a childhood that they have to recover from. That's why the boundaries are so strong. But yeah, I will eventually. Nobody, <laughs> I I don't think that I'm going to raise my child in a way that they will be upset that I'm a sex worker. Because we're very open-minded parents, especially for our, like, especially for our area. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's really cool. I feel like, I don't know, every sex worker we've ever talked to just has a deeper understanding of people. Definitely. I'm not 100% sure why, but it's almost like sex workers have found a way to like, it's like an onion where you peel back all the layers. 
<laughs> money because people men bear their souls to us and uh and then i'll just like hit them up and be like hey honey so did you talk to your wife about you really needing to be pegged yet or <laughs> we just like squeeze out the information <laughs> I can't wait to peg my boyfriend okay? <laughs> he knows it's coming so oh, no. I say it on many episodes. I know. This is the new thing. <laughs> hey, Zach, let her stick it in the butt one time for me. <laughs> I have to cut my nails, but. <laughs> I like a zesty surprise. <laughs> Don't cut your nails, sis. Live your best life. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe I'll just ready for this flight. Maybe I'll just use our Adam and Eve discount codes. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do the quick plug real quick. Okay, we love a shameless self-promotion up in here. <laughs> I have so many brand deals that I feel like I will, like sponsorships that I feel like I've like dropped the ball on because they'll like send me things. And I have one brand that was like, hello, sweetheart. We would like you to send you something else for a review. And I was in the middle of like my third mental breakdown this month. And I was like, hello, Avisu Mandy. I'm sad. (laughs) They messaged me back and they were like, I'm sorry, sweetie. This dildo will make you feel better. (laughs) That's fucking capitalism in a nutshell. I had the like kombucha girl face. I was like, you know, you might be right. (laughs) You you might be right there. So I took the brand deal. I was like, okay. (laughs) How sick does it feel to have brands send you stuff? It feels pretty great, but it (laughs) it's shitty when I ghost them because of the person that I am. That is, and I'm not like trying to pretend to be the perfect mom and the perfect block schedule person. And then I'm on YouTube trying to figure out my life. So I'm like mom block schedule. And they're like, like a Mormon mom with like a bus. And she's like, this is how I fit in seven weeks of things in 24 hours. (laughs) You don't sleep. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. I can do this. No, but it it is hard. It is hard to, like, schedule everything under the sun. It's a constant battle for all of us moms, I think. It's really hard comparing myself and then being like, oh, my God. Like, I just want to eat chips in my bed on my day off. I don't want to meal prep. What? (laughs) Like, why do I have to do all these things? Moms in general have so many expectations. And then to add me being a sex worker on top, it doesn't matter if I've been thrown up on today. I still have to get on cam and be sexy. (laughs) Sounds like it would become exhausting. Do you ever get burned out? I do, but I think that all moms get burnt out, especially all working moms get very burnt out. And I get very like, touched out and just need a break to myself where I just kind of shut down and don't do anything for a day I think that it's healthy to do it for a day but more than that and it becomes a bad habit (laughs) to just lay in bed on my off day but like we don't have any examples for like this is how I do xyz 
parenting wise and I am a sex worker also or like how we schedule out content creating like you like y'all asked like how do we schedule out content creating what are some hacks like what do we tell our children I have friends with older children who are sex workers and their their child's like 12 13 and they're having to explain to their kid because friends have shown their kid like this is your mom on this porn site and it's it's hard <laughs> it's it's really hard to have that conversation I can imagine I haven't had to have it yet I feel like I probably will have a nightmare about having it tonight <laughs> yeah that's something I wanted to ask too is that a fear of yours that one day your child's friends will find you online and be like oh this is your mom yeah but I feel like my child's response would be like and like that's her body those are her boobs I've seen them I've seen her boobs like what and not that I would ever do anything inappropriate or in a compromising position in front of my child but I feel like we kind of be more like you're gross other kid for showing me that so that is why I wanted to launch my telegram like support group for other parents who are sex workers not just like like every gender parent that is a sex worker um, so the name of it is Mama, and then it's S-W-E-R-S. That's my Telegram group, and so hopefully we can do, like, some peer-guided support of somebody else who's been through a situation, or, like, say, a custody battle, older kid, anything, anything. Managing time, we can talk about it and maybe have, like, guided conversations at a certain time every week I just wanted to open up the conversation yeah I feel like a lot of parents as sex workers sometimes get vilified as if you know having an OnlyFans just makes you forget about your kid I I remember talking to like I think a porn producer direct I don't know this was a, a while back and he was saying that a lot of women come on to get money for like really good divorce lawyers so their kid doesn't Mm -hmm. end up going to an abusive husband Mm -hmm. you know I feel like when some people hear oh yeah like that parent's a sex worker they just automatically assume bad but then when people hear oh they're a sex worker to support their kids like they needed the money to do xyz then they're like I would do that too in that situation yeah it's so crazy to me because (laughs) Because, like, I would be a sex worker regardless, but there are things that motivate me more, like my child being on the autism spectrum. I have to, there's one, one private school that's not religious in my area. One private school. And I have to put my kid in that school or they will be eaten alive. And I know this because actually I, I was also a assist, an assistant teacher and tutor for a while. I worked with kids with IEPs. I know how they're treated and it's disgusting. And it's no, that's a conversation for another day. But but it's I can't tolerate my child being treated like that. So I have to save up for this private school. But it's like, if you if you come out on your like Twitter or whatever and you're trying to promote shit and you're like, hey, give me this money so that I can put my kid through private school, which is a fucking great reason to be like fun crowdfunding something. Um but guys are like, ask the dad then, hun. 
ask the dad then, hun, or like, mm, you're a mom, you shouldn't be on here. <laughs> like, it uh, it automatically turns into, like, a sob story, which should not be the case, because we're all just human. It's just a job. Yeah. It's just a job, dude. Just a job. And, I f- and, like you said, you talk to, like, a producer. I feel like male porn producers do not get the stigma that we get. Not at all. Oh, definitely did not. Like, it's seen as, like, a cool job. Like, a fucking, like, cool, like, man, macho man, like, job. Porn stars, I bet you get to fuck every single one of them. (laughs) All the time. For free. And then they say thank you. (laughs) Men. uh, Most men are just... (sighs) Most men are not male feminists. Well, I really hate this idea that, like, sex work is only acceptable if it's for a survival reason, and then if you're doing it for your own pleasure, then it's wrong. It kind of reminds me of, like, the birth control argument where it's like, well, you can have birth control if you have endometriosis, but if you're using it to prevent pregnancy, like, that's wrong. But, like, fucking why? There's nothing wrong with being a sex worker. There's nothing wrong with being on birth control to prevent pregnancy. I just... why does it need to be a survival thing in order for people to take it seriously exactly and i think that media kind of like perpetuates that as like if you're if you're a woman like and you enjoy like fucking you're uh, you're automatically unattainable unreal you know and it's it's so fucking I don't want to say, obviously, because I'm in the porn industry, that porn has perpetuated that. But I think that that is why I like making more realistic porn, you know, like where I'm seen as a human and I'm not just like a factory created like ass titties and like the more <laughs> the virtue you know like the virtual like ai porn has gotten really popular it i'm not like speaking bad on do what you like fetish friendly over here but i'm like it's kind of getting worse with like instant gratification and everything when i like to promote the content that's like you know this girl has like acne on her butt or this girl has like hairy legs and a hairy pussy and this girl made a blooper reel because she got a leg cramp halfway through her orgasm and it's funny and cute like we're humans right we're humans and I feel like I get a lot of messages of guys being like you remind me of like my girlfriend my ex-girlfriend so and so someone I had a crush on because I like I have a heart on for you, you know, <laughs> like, like you're real. And that's, that's, that is us like as sex workers, like we're real, we're real people. And I have a lot of friendships with my customers. And it's hard because you're meant to like be putting on like a happy face and pretending that everything is fine, even when it's not. And then you can't overshare with your customers because they'll get, no, it ruins the image, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the dialogue that kind of needs to be opened more. Is like, hey, guys, like, we're humans, too. I think that's why y'all like us, right? Because you get to have a relationship with us, especially through OnlyFans and stuff like that. Yeah, we talk about that all the time, about how sex workers double as therapists and as... For sure. And a mom, <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. 
For sure. Like, and so it's because I'm so like maternal and nurturing. I, I feel like, like I also have customers and I'm not going to like overshare too much because their privacy means the world to me. But like, I also have customers who do like the mommy fetish because they had abusive mothers and it's cathartic for them. It's healing for them to come to me and know that they are completely 100% safe with me. Yeah, I feel like I say this in so many episodes, but just coming back to the point of, you know, allowing sexual healing, you know, that there are therapists for your mental health, all all sorts of doctors for your physical health. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, why is it so wrong to have somebody for your, like, sexual health and your sexual yeah. needs? Because every, everybody can benefit from that. And I just, I feel like, well, one, domestic violence rates would definitely go down. Like, people would be a lot more open and realize there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's always really nice to talk to somebody who, like, you know, understands and sees the, like, healing effect that mm-hmm. they have on people. A lot of people know, like, there's some sort of healing, but the fact you get to have that relationship, that sounds, I don't know, validating. A hundred percent. And I feel like I, not to toot my own horn, but like, I feel like I help my customers kind of unlearn a lot of toxic masculinity that they were taught. Like, especially the guys that are like my, my wife, like I'm scared to tell her that I like being paid. Like she's going to think I'm gay. And I'm like, what's wrong with being secure with your sexuality? What is wrong with it? I just set them up to have that conversation if they're ready. And if not, I provide an outlet for that sexual need. I feel like everybody needs their needs to have their needs met sexually, emotionally, physically. And that's what I'm here for, to help open the dialogue. Well, this has been such a great interview. Baby, <laughs> thank you so much for talking with us. You're so welcome. I feel like I've just rambled, but I, I, I hope, hope I can talk to you forever. But yeah. Shelby has to add it all. Day. I do. We also have to go grocery shopping. It's dinner time. You're fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, our, it's our last night together. Oh, well, I guess wrap it up and then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Bailey, do you have any social media you want us to plug? Oh, yeah, sure. At Bailey BBW. So it's uh, capital B. A-L-I-E-Y, capital B-B-W. And do you have an Instagram? I I have an Instagram, but to be honest, I haven't used it. So. <laughs> but you can also see me on um, bbwland.com and plumperpass.com. There you go. So go check out Bailey. She's so much fun. We love talking to you. You can follow us on social media too. On Instagram, we're at Candy Girl Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Candy Girl Pod. And if you have any questions for me, for Emily, for Bailey, you should email us at candygirlpodcastoutlook.com. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And we'll hear from you next Friday.